Hello, my name is Cassandra Deanne, and welcome to my podcast, Things I Talk About. So I'm not going to lie, I am pretty pumped up for this conversation. Today, I want to talk to you about the shadow side of creativity. This is a topic that I am super passionate about, and in private discussions with other creatives, There are themes I'm noticing and experiences that so many of us can relate to, but I personally feel there isn't really a a platform where many creatives feel like it's safe to come out and express or talk about these things, these topics and challenges. So this is one of the reasons why I have been motivated to shift the direction of my own career and start to explore ways in which I can support others on their creative journeys. So we're going to talk about themes that regardless of what sort of creative work you do, I believe that you will relate to these topics. I'm going to share a total of five challenges that I believe are very common and relatable. And I'm going to share some of my story on how I have navigated these challenges myself. I believe that being a creative is super, super important. I believe that this is a way to really shift and change others' perspectives and the world. And I think that often as a creative, sometimes we don't realize the power of what we're actually doing and what we're actually introducing to the world. I believe creativity is important, not just in the fact that you're sharing or introducing your expression into the world, but I also believe that it has healing qualities within it because I see it almost as a form of meditation. When we are creating in a aligned fashion, I believe that what comes through our expression is very powerful. And in the act of creating, it's one of the few times in our lives I feel like that we can sort of get in the zone and tap into the this deep internal portion of ourselves and allow it to just flow. It's a time when we can shut off the monkey mind. And I see this as a way of getting in touch with that deeper essence of who we are, whether you call that your soul or spirit or your higher self. It's a way that we can clear the channel to receive clarity, guidance, and awareness into the self and into who we are. I see it like meditation. So these are just a few things I think are pretty cool and why I think creativity is important. So the next thing I want to do is I want to give you a little bit of my backstory. Now, I'm not going to go into all of it. I encourage you, if you do follow this channel and you want to know more about my story, to check out the episode of my actual backstory. It will go into a lot more depth, but I'm going to sort of jump 
in sort of part way through my story to the topics that I feel are more relevant to this episode. With that said, I encourage you to follow along because while you may or may not relate to what my specific journey has been in creativity, as I share this backstory with you, I feel like there might be things said that as a creative, you find you too can relate to. So I encourage you to keep with me and I hope that you find something that inspires you or makes you feel validated or brings awareness into your own personal experiences. So my creative story, I'm going to start off with probably when I was given the opportunity to be an event coordinator at a local craft store. This was important in my journey because it was kind of in a weird way, this like, I don't know, like, art school for me because as an event coordinator, I was in charge of all of the teachers at the store and all of the classes that they taught. This meant that I needed to know what these skills were. I needed to know what the class was like. I was the person there at the store that clients would come to and ask questions and I had to be able to sell these classes and explain them and also help help others in understanding these artistic expressions so that they could find the right products they needed from the store for what they what they were looking for. So for these reasons, it was important for me to know and pick up a variety of different skills. So I learned all sorts of things, uh, polymer clay and jewelry making, scrapbook things, different uh, odd and in crafts, painting. I was not any good at painting. I did. This was when I realized that there was, when it comes to like fine art type skills of writing, calligraphy, painting, these are not my specialties, but I found a deep love for mixed media art. And so I started sort of this adventure. It was before Pinterest. It was before a lot of that was out. Back then, it was kind of like there were forums you could go to to connect with other creatives. And then there were magazines. And I purchased so many magazines. But anyways, I found a love for mixed media art. And I also found myself very drawn to vintage illustrations and vintage things. This was before a lot of this was seen. As I said, it was before Pinterest. So I found myself very drawn to these things and I started to create mixed media art pieces. Back then they were sort of on the darker, grungier side and had a generally uh, emotionally provoking image of some sort to draw the person into whatever piece I was creating. 
I ended up loving it and I ended up feeling like it was something I was naturally good at. Up until this point in my life, if you followed any of my backstory, you'll know I kind of just was tossed into life coming from a very dysfunctional home environment. No sense of self or confidence was not something I had. This was the first time in my life that I did something and felt like, wow, I'm really good at this. This is something I enjoy. It's fun. And I love expressing myself in this way. So I just soaked it all up. I went on this journey of learning these arts and I would do something and create a piece and I would often come to a point where I'd want to do or express something that I couldn't find the right images or setting for. So I ended up teaching myself Photoshop and I ended up creating my own line of these digital art pieces that I sold to other artists on Etsy. I started a store back then, it was called Casey's Creations, where I sold different supplies that might appeal to the mixed media artists. Then, as I said, I started to get into digitally creating images and kind of formed my own line that to this day, which it's over 12 years later, these images are still being purchased by artists through another company that I sold my rights to. So I would start to learn other mediums to add into what I wanted to create. I can still remember one of my fondest memories was back then Etsy was big and eBay was also really big. And sometimes, depending on what you were creating, you would do better on eBay. If it was more of an original piece of art, then eBay seemed to be the place to go, where if it was something other artists was using, Etsy seemed to be more of a good platform for that. So I made this, it was so simple. It was just, and it's hard to describe it, um, but it was this little mixed media book that was made out of paper, brown paper bags that was stitched together and it had paint elements and mixed media all over it, vintage images and ribbons and textures. And anyways, this book I put on eBay and I couldn't believe it. It was the first higher ticket piece I sold for this paper bag book. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Somebody thought that what I created was worth that. And it was so fun. I mean, now considering the things I've created, it's it's not as substantial, but in that moment that it was so empowering. So I went on from there and it seemed like I just kept gathering skills. I learned how to solder 
art and I really got into making jewelry pieces and these ended up selling for much more than what that paper bag is sold for. And from there, I got into textiles and I learned embroidery. I worked with silks and making silk flowers. When I say silk flowers, I mean like with actual ribbons. And I ended up getting into altering clothing and creating these very elaborate, frilly, over-the-top dresses and pieces that people just loved. It seemed like no matter where I applied myself, I always tended to do well and I would draw people in to whatever I was doing. This actually was a little bit of a challenge for me because as someone that was so insecure, I made the mistake of feeling like all these connections that I was getting were people that wanted to be my friend, wanted to be close to me, people that they would feel as if they were opening up and building relationships with me. But as a manifesting generator, which I talk about in human design, this is someone that doesn't have a linear path. And I think this is why I've experienced so many different realms of creativity. And the second this would shift and I would direct my attention to some other creative expression, I would lose these friendships. It was like I felt I felt like my talent would be noticed and they would want to be associated for the connections and what I was working on and they would want things from me. But yet when I no longer suited that need, they would fall away. So this was part of my journey as a creative learning to navigate because I realized that I was so insecure that every time I would lose one of these relationships, I would feel even more inadequate as a person. I would feel like I was flawed and doing something wrong or was unlikable. And I took these circumstances very personal and it was something that continued to show up in each creative field that I would go through. Aside from that though, I really enjoyed my journey. This was back when blogging was the thing. And like, I don't know if you remember, I think it was called like blogs, blog spot or blog something or another, like a site that where you can make your own blog. And so I created a blog and it was called Artful Adventures. And this was where I sort of documented all of these things that I went through from textile arts and jewelry arts and mixed media creations. I ended up being someone that was invited to go and teach at other art retreats or conferences. I ended up myself hosting one at a fairly established resort locally in my area and I was published frequently. I My event was published and a lot of my art pieces was published. One of the larger accomplishments was when my blog in general was published in some of the prestigious at the time magazines, which was, for example, uh, my blog was pu- published in Artful Blogging, which while they've dropped a lot of their other 
subscriptions. One of them that is still known to the, this day is Where Women Create. So this is the same company and they had multiple different publications and I was published over six, six or seven times in their magazines. And so it presented lots of opportunities for me to play and explore and to meet people. In order to be published in the magazines, you had to have pretty good pictures of your work. So photography ended up being something I ended up being passionate about. And one day a fellow art friend said to me, wow, you're really good at this. You should be a photographer. And that was the first seed to me diving into my work in the wedding industry. From here, I started off my company doing all the things, which I'm not gonna dive into so much at this point, but I was a wedding photographer for four years. I overlapped that with starting my own company that did design and rentals and flowers and all the things. And then from there, weeded that down to becoming just a floor which I did for about seven years. So this was sort of the areas I explored in the wedding industry. And this was an area which I was on the receiving end of lots of burnout. There were lots of issues. And for those years in that industry, I would say about three of them were pretty focused on trying to figure out how to come out of this and to not experience the constant exhaustion and issues that I was experiencing. I looked into lots of business advice. I rebranded. I kept scaling back, increasing prices, a number of different things until ultimately later I found the root cause for the burnout that I was experiencing. Upon this, I went through a spiritual awakening and ended up having a passion to seek something that felt more fulfilling. I felt like in many ways, a chapter was closing when I realized how to balance these things. And once I tackled that, it was like, I wanna help others. I want to help others so that they can feel more supported. I've noticed there is a high rate of companies just coming and going, artists that stop their dream and feel like, oh, this is too challenging and I'm sacrificing my time with my family or my health and this isn't worth it. I'm not cut out for this. And they go other directions. And I feel like my experience has given me some insights that I feel like are helpful in realizing how we can have more sustainable balance as a creative and maybe start seeing a little less of this moving on and instead having a more fulfilling journey as a entrepreneur. Part of this journey has also been currently, I have found that I am enjoying writing. I It's kind of hard to explain and a little woo-woo, but I started to receive these downloads of information where I started to write to get this information out of me so I could sleep better at night. I've since then written a full book and I am excited to share it. It's presently 
in the process of going through being manifested, I have decided to attempt the traditional publishing route, which is challenging. It is time consuming and requires a really strong uh, trust in character <laughs> to go through this journey. So while I am going through that, I started another book, which I'm super excited about as well, which will be titled Toxic Creativity. So here you can see that this is definitely a subject I am passionate about. Okay, that was a lot of information, but I feel like there was some good stuff in there. So let's get into what I would say the five biggest challenges that creatives experience or go through. So the first challenge I want to mention is starting. Now, some of us end up being people that just dive headfirst and go for it. But I've found that for many, that a lot of times it's hard to get started. It's hard to feel like you're ready to take that first step in doing whatever it is, whether it's releasing a song or starting a business or joining a gallery. There's this fear of starting. And while most of my journey, I did kind of jump headfirst in, I did experience this pressure when I decided to start a YouTube channel. At the time of my personal journey, I was learning to heal some of my insecurities around myself and feeling inferior. So I felt like as I started to want to embody my authentic expression, I wanted to start being seen as someone that talks about what I talk about. In order to help people, I realized I had to be willing to show up in front of people and say the things and still hold true to who I am, despite whether the people agreed or disagreed with the things I was saying. So YouTube was a great way for me to exercise how to start showing up more authentically in my life. This was the first time where I experienced a lot of resistance in starting. It was so hard for me to start. I spent so long researching, studying, learning. I would get everything set and then I would tell myself, oh no, I need this other program. I need this other equipment. I need to learn this other thing. And I sort of sent myself self in this rabbit hole of trying to get it right and figuring out everything and being completely prepared as possible before I launched or started. But the problem is when we do this, we can get so caught up in comparison what someone else says we should do. I watch video after video after video of different perspectives of people who said, this is how you should do it. No, this is how you should do it. And I think the last straw for me was when I had been researching it and considering it for so long, there was this shift somehow in the program or how they picked things up. And so people that were saying, oh, don't have a niche, don't have a niche, you know, hit all these topics. And then other people were like, you have to have a niche. And then it was like people said, okay, the, the system changed. So now it's this. 
And I thought to myself, wow, technology and all of these ways of doing things and concerning myself with SEO and all this, I was like, wow, it's just constantly changing. How will I ever know what I should or shouldn't do or where to start? And I realized that while all of this was true, I recognized that my inability to start was actually coming from my insecurity and the vulnerability to show up. So once I realized that and I gave myself the permission, and this is the key part, if you're someone that is struggling with this, this is the best advice I could give. I gave myself permission to just experience it to not feel like I had to get it right. It wasn't gonna be the end of the world. I told myself that it didn't matter if I succeeded or failed. I think sometimes we picture ourselves like everybody is gonna be watching us fail. And it's not that we feel so egotistical that we think, oh, this big audience is waiting for us, or, you know, oh, they just are, you know, everybody and their grandma is gonna be wanting to know what I'm doing. It's not about that. It's more about just the pressure we put on ourselves to be seen as someone failing or not doing well. And so when we do this, we get fearful and we are afraid to start. So realizing that you're probably gonna make mistakes and that's okay. I found out when I published the likeliness of people actually noticing my mistakes were very slim there unless you are really making hardcore efforts when you first start YouTube there it's not like there's a ton of audience immediately following and so the way I broke the ice for myself personally to get out of my head was I ended up just making a play episode like sort of a parody and it was all about how to launch a YouTube channel after the age of four and in it, I sort of joked around with my own fears and limitations and ended up having fun with it. I relaxed. It was something that I told myself, if no one else saw this but me, it was playful and something I could do and try. And after I did it, I relaxed so much that I ended up launching. So if you're someone that is having difficulty starting, give yourself some slack, relax. And another tip I would say with this is that if you have the heart's desire that's drawing you towards this subject, this expression of creativity, I believe it's for a reason. And that could just be the woo-woo person in me speaking, but I believe there's a reason why we are drawn to the things that we're drawn to and want to do the things that we want to do. So just relax, take it easy on yourself and just, just start. The the reason why I feel like so many people think that you have to be the one in a million to be successful, I think that this is more about just that small percentage of people that are brave enough that they're willing to try and they're willing to step out because until you do, you don't know. So get out there, give the thing a try. 
It doesn't matter. Life is full of experiences and wisdom gained from these journeys. So take the journey and get started. Number two, the next thing I want to talk about as a challenge is vulnerability. This is so, so big. When we talk about creative expression, we are talking about our expression. There is not a manual on this. And yeah, you can talk about your degrees you have and this, that, and the other thing. But at the end of the day, creativity in its fullest is all about sort of stepping out of the box, the creative rebel. It's not about following a system or a program. So there is no manual. There is no specific right or wrong expression in these forms of art. They We are creating from our hearts. This is why we want to do the things. There expressions. They make us happy. They put us in the zone. They allow us to feel good about contributing something to the world. There is no manual to this. Therefore, because of this and because it's coming from that self-expression, it is very vulnerable. It is like we pour our heart and soul into this piece of whatever it is, whether it's a creation of a physical nature or a a writing or a song or dance, whatever it is, we create this thing that has no boundaries of or limitation. And we hold it out to the world and we say, here, this is for you. And then we anxiously wait for it to be received. We anxiously wait, hoping to be understood that it impacts and touches the hearts of somebody. And this is a vulnerable exchange. There is no right or wrong way. It is just you and your expression. This is something that I feel like is a big challenge. And this is something that I believe can only be balanced when we have a better understanding of ourselves and the reasons why we're creating and what we create. I know that a lot of people have this saying, especially in business, where it's like, oh, the the customer is always right. And I know there are people that when they create, they feel like, oh, I'm going to do this and I have to do this because this is what the client wants. And I might be the odd man out on this, but I believe that this is not a productive way to create. I feel like This goes back to all my woo-woo stuff, that your energetics of who you are, your gifts, your talents, what you do is intentional. It's meant to be shared with a specific purpose and expression. And therefore, when you try to make yourself do something that feels out of alignment to who you are and your expression, you're not energetically calling in the right energy. I feel like when we do this, we take something that has such a powerful 
intention behind it and we try to fit into a mold or a box that doesn't fit. And when this happens, then we energetically call in the wrong people. Another way we can look at this is, let me try to explain it in a very practical manner. When I started my journey out as a photographer, I would do all the things. I felt like that was what you were supposed to do. If you wanted to build your business, you had to be willing to do all of the things because that's how it's supposed to be done. I spent $500 to be mentored by a photographer that I completely admired. And she was very established in the community. Her work was remarkable. And she was everything that I felt inspired by. And so I paid for this mentor session for her to spend time and talk with me. And the advice she gave me in that session was the most powerful advice I received as a creative. And it's something that I've now realized the spiritual undertones even of this. And what she said was this. I expressed that I wasn't happy with my work as a photographer. I felt like at the time I wasn't a good photographer. And she said to me, you are a really good photographer. Your work is really good. The problem is what you're doing, the work you're doing isn't the work that you want to do. So you continue to do the work you don't want to do and you publish it for everybody else to see because you think that's what you're supposed to be doing. And then those people see that work, which isn't the work you want to be doing. And then you keep drawing in the clients that aren't the right fit for you. She said to me, if you want to get the right client, you have to put out what you want to get back. And if you're not feeling it, if you're not receiving it, if you don't have that opportunity, then find ways that you can to put the work you want out there. Because when you do, then you will start to align yourself with the right clients that you want. The work, your photography isn't the problem. The problem is you feeling like you have to do all of these things that aren't in alignment with what you want to be doing. This was oh, amazing advice, advice that carried through my entire 10 years in the wedding industry, no matter what I did. I realized how powerful this was. The second I started to put work out that I felt I wanted to do, the second that the right things came back to me. If you're someone listening to this in the wedding industry, you may already realize that I did this through styled shoots. Styled shoots are sort of a creative collaborative project in which we all the vendors come together for a specific vision or purpose and then produce the work. So I started doing a couple styled shoots that represented what I wanted to photograph, what I wanted things to look like. And then I shared that content and deleted the content that wasn't in alignment for the types of people I wanted to draw in. 
this has been something that has been effective no matter what I have done. So I feel like when we are considering vulnerability and we feel like sometimes we have to we want our expression to be received. And there's this element sometimes in creative industries where we feel like we have to make the client happy when we're producing something. You don't need to be a one size fits all. This does not mean that you are a better or lesser creative if you can do this. I would say find the work that feels good. Find the work that you feel drawn to and do that because the more you do that, the more you stay in alignment with that, the more you're going to enjoy the work you do. This will help soften that feeling of vulnerability. It will allow you to express yourself and the more you share with the world what you're in alignment with sharing, the more you'll draw the right people in. And then you get this positive exchange that feels a little more aligned and a little less vulnerable. And especially for those in the wedding industry, there is so much work out there. There is so much work out there. We wouldn't be suffering with burnout if there wasn't enough work. So Give yourself permission to try it. Just try putting out what you want. Try to be more specific on how you want to express yourself. I believe when we're talking about larger companies and larger businesses, I believe that this is also something that over time we will see start to shift as the generations that are coming into the work field are changing. They don't want things to look like what it used to look like for, you know, their parents or grandparents. There's going to be businesses that are driven more by meaningful purpose that really grabs people. And so whether this is an individual smaller business creating or a larger company, I still believe that no matter which side you fall on, I still think it's important for there to be a purpose or an aligned expression, whether it's coming from the small business or the CEO owner of a large business. Next, let's talk about the third thing. The third challenge would be imposter syndrome. Many of us in the creative field are sort of launched into this experience from the motivation of the heart. Some of us have degrees, yes, while many others do not. They just end up starting off as maybe a hobby or a desire, and they sort of propel themselves into this experience. And this, I don't think, is wrong. As a matter of fact, I think this is great because I feel like there should not be a limitation of a degree in your creative of expression. This sounds crazy to me because once again, I'm looking at creativity as that creative rebel that is expressing outside of norms and standards. 
With this being considered, a lot of times we look down on ourselves feeling like we should have some sort of educational background or we should have some sort of reason that backs us up in taking the risk of going into a business or expressing ourselves creatively. When we consider the vulnerability that we talked about earlier, that you can see where there's this sense of insecurity that develops by questioning, am I able to do this? Am I fooling other people? What did they expect of me? Do, do they think that I'm this? And we start to question whether or not we have the rights to be expressing ourselves and creating and starting businesses because we're not really clear. We want to do it. Our heart is calling us to it. But at some point, we start to question ourselves and question whether or not we should be doing these things. You know, maybe you stumble upon someone that talks about how they've learned their profession through XYZ and you think to yourself, oh man, I don't have XYZ. I haven't attended that conference. I haven't read that book. And you start to feel like you're missing out on something. You start to feel like, oh wow, they know something that you don't know. And what if that thing that they know is super important and you start to doubt yourself and question your abilities. But the thing is, when we're looking at creativity, we're looking at it through the lens of natural talent. I believe creativity is a natural talent and doesn't necessarily have anything to do with your educational background. Yeah, that could be fun to explore and a helpful to possibly, but I do personally believe that there's a higher meaning to things and that what you are here to do and what you're drawn to and how you wish to express yourself, I believe that these are things that are are in alignment that you are meant to do. Therefore, they go outside of somebody else's outlined course program of what things are supposed to look like. I think that people that share these things are great for helping those who feel drawn to it. However, this is not a requirement. This is not needed to express yourself and to pursue your passions in your creative business. On this note, I just thought I would share a little bit with you about how I look or define creativity and why I personally feel like it is so important. And if you look up the definition of creativity or artist, there's many different explanations and some people feel comfortable in one title versus another. But at the end of the day, this is how I look at it. I feel like being a creative is important because I believe that this is a tool that we have that allows us to shift and move energy. It allows us to invoke healing and joy, expression and emotion. And I think that whenever we start to complicate 
the meaning behind this by obsessing over degrees or proper ways of doing it or not doing it, we taint this. It's If you are interested in this subject, there are a number of different things you can research. I was stumbling upon something the other day where it was a girl sharing a painting and she says, this is what the name, I forget the name, but we'll just say Jane, this is what the name Jane looks like in an art form. And she described the scientific name for it. I don't off the top of my head and on the spot remember it, but basically it was this gift where she hears sounds as colors. So they are connected. You can also look into different things like somatics or my husband showed me this YouTube video once where you can put salt on this plate and apply vibration to it. And when you do, the salt at different frequencies will always produce the same geometric shape. I believe that everything is energy and that colors invoke emotional responses and sounds and movement. Think of it as if you're someone, I don't know, this is something I experience and I know my husband has too, but you can listen to music and it evoke an emotional response in you without words. And I've listened to songs before not knowing what they're saying or just overhearing them while I'm distracted with something else. And all of a sudden I'll get choked up in my chest. And I believe that this is all energy. So as a creative, I believe we are impacting the life, the emotion, the feelings of others through our creative expression. And I believe there's healing in this. I believe that this is adding to environments to evoke feelings and adding to nostalgic memories. When we think about things like smelling an apple pie and it bringing memories of, you know, our, our grandmother on Thanksgiving, all of this is important. The senses are important. And this is why I feel like creative expression is so powerful and you unique because it's within however you express yourself, you're bringing in some sort of transformational energy into the collective. That's why when we create, we want it to look a certain way and you might not be able to explain it, but you want the essence of something to feel a certain way when you create it. This is something I used to not understand. And it wasn't until I was in a Team Flower conference in Waco, Texas, and Katie with Ponderosa Thyme, which I've never mentioned this to her. She probably has never, you know, probably doesn't remember this, but I, re I went to this floral conference and I was sitting in this small breakout group that was talking about burnout and Katie mentioned and was talking about how what we do as floral designers is intuitive work. There's no right or wrong answer. There's no step to process. We just 
feel into our creations and we know when it needs something. We know when it's done. And this was the first time I heard anything like that. So this is another example. Let's look at filming, for example. Filming something, you're wanting to stir emotions. You're wanting people to connect on a certain way. It's this desire for connection and impacting the world around us, opening the eyes of others in some way or another, or gifting or bringing them something that enlightens or inspires or brings joy and happiness and love to that moment. And this is all so important and it can't be limited down to a one size fits all degree or what someone else says it should or shouldn't be like. Whew, I'm getting a little passionate about that. <laughs> anyway, so let's move on. Let's talk about number four. I know this is a long episode. You can tell that this is something that, ah, oh, there's just so much I could talk about. I love this subject. And I think all of this is so important to digest. So let's talk about four. The fourth challenge I want to mention is a biggie. It's comparison, comparison. And man, oh man, is this destructive. And social media does not help this at all. We spend so many hours of our day scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I remember when I was in the wedding industry, I would go and work a wedding, have a busy weekend. And when I was done, I would come home and I would scroll social media. And the second somebody posted work that I admired that looked like it was more exciting or bigger or grander than mine, I felt inferior. I felt like I wasn't there yet and I had to accomplish this, I don't know, un unachievable goal of something. And this is another example of coming away from the underlining understanding of what I was expressing and self-expression. I think that it is so important to have that root understanding of creating an alignment to who we are. And when we are doing that and we feel confident in that, we're spending less time in comparison and feeling lesser than someone else. There's always going to be work bigger or lesser, and it doesn't mean it's bigger or lesser. It just means that's what that was. That was the resources they had. That was what that client needed. And yes, all of it is beautiful. It's time to stop looking at one as greater and one as lesser. There towards the end before I had my spiritual awakening, this all was so amplified in my mind at the time. And I ended up after the pandemic, propelling myself into a very unrealistic huh, few weeks of major big accomplishments and both in weddings and styled shoots. And there was one where I was, I was struggling with this the most 
And I just felt like I had to do the biggest and best thing I ever could think of that I could do. And I threw all of my resources into it. I put everything into it. And there's so much more I could say about this situation. But basically, no matter what, at the end, nothing about that event really satisfied me in the way that I finally felt like enough. It was published on Style Me Pretty, which was a huge accomplishment for someone in the wedding industry. And it was remarkable work for a styled shoe. It was ginormous and probably had more flowers than what many standard cost weddings have these days. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. I financially drained myself. I physically drained myself. I achieved in the standards that I was seeking all the things that I wanted. But at the end of the day, I still felt that hole. And that was because that there were greater underlining reasons for that hole to be there. And until we address and understand what these undercurrents are, we're always going to struggle with feeling inadequate and comparing ourselves. For me, that hole, as I mentioned, was always there. So I felt like I was just constantly trying to fill it in my efforts. And this meant I was drained all of the time. And I felt like I needed to prove that I was worthy because I always felt that I was lacking, which always led me back to comparison. I can still remember one year, it was in the midst of wedding season, and it was, I want to say it was something like around November, and oh, it's it was so busy. And one of the things I find very triggering, especially now after I've gone through the journey I have, is that I will see other creatives posting posts that will show the shadow side of creativity, but not in a positive way. For example, some of the things include bashing clients on social media, but my biggest one is bragging about all of the things that you've accomplished or how you are hurting or suffering in your body and yet still pushing through. And I, if the, for those of you listening to this, maybe you've seen one of these posts, maybe you've posted one of these posts, but let me give you an example. I have been one that is posted in this fashion. I remember one year, as I said, in November, I posted this post where it was like, I accomplished the X number of events, X number of centerpieces, X number of bouquets. And it was this long list of accomplishments within a very, very short period of time. And I can remember people looking at it and commenting, oh my gosh, wow, that's insane. That's so impressive, all of these things. And what they didn't see behind the scene was my house was a complete mess. My family had seen me in tears more than they had seen me with a smile. My body was aching and hurting the late nights that I was up till two, 
3, 4 a.m. in the morning, the chronic nosebleeds I started to have from anxiety, not feeding myself properly, malnutrition, the dislocated knee from all of the ways my body was screaming at me to stop, but yet I kept going. These are the things that they didn't see. And I needed to feel like it was, it was that I was valuable. So I post these things because I wanted people to feel like I was worthy. I was raised in a very dysfunctional home that was very manipulative. And I was often taught to earn love at the expense of everything I could give. And so I felt like that was what life, I'm gonna pause for a minute. I hit a little button there of emotion. I felt like that is what life required of me. It required me to be broken, worn out, empty, at the sacrifice of myself to please everyone else. This is how I had to feel worthy. And I can tell you, if you're someone that finds yourself relating to this, and you feel like you're in a boat similar, spoiler alert, this will not work. This will never work. It will never satisfy you. You will never feel good enough. You will continually drain yourself emotionally, physically, financially, because this is not where we find our worth. And this was a hard lesson that the universe taught me. I had to find my sense of self. I had to find that confidence and value within. I had to realize I was worth so much more than the brokenness I felt like everybody wanted from me. I would just exhaust myself and I would be proud of my creations, but there was something about people realizing how I pushed so hard, how I did so much. And it was like, I felt like they saw me as someone remarkable because I had this ability to, to care so very little about myself. And in my journey, it started out small. It started out simple in the sense of, you know, I would go a little above and beyond here. I would do a little bit here and there, and I would justify it to myself that, you know, oh, I'm just a creative. I would blame it on, oh, I'm just a creative. I want it to look the best as possible and creative as possible. And I would get so emotionally invested in these things. And for some people, yeah, it might just be that. But for me and my story, there was something underneath that was greater and that something underneath was a feeling of being unworthy. So if you're someone that finds yourself constantly going above and beyond, feeling struggles with people pleasing, feeling like you have to meet the expectations of everyone despite what it feels you want to create or do, please take a day, take a moment and sit with yourself and sit with your feelings. Just give an empty space for your body and mind to talk to you. 
If you believe in a higher power or a higher source, give this opening a chance for your body, your mind, or this higher source, this higher self to speak to you and find out what are your motivations. Be real with yourself. What is your body telling you? What is your mind telling you? Because I promise you, we can get in this realm where we feel like we're convincing ourselves of what we're doing and it being right. But deep down, if we really stop, many of us will find that there's some deeper undercurrent that is fueling these actions the way they are. Whew, okay, shake that off. Man, that one got me. <laughs> Sorry about that. The last one, the fifth challenge I want to talk about is feels like <laughs> the icing on the cake or the conclusion to all of the steps that came before this one. And that is the burnout. It's the point where we do realize that we are either physically, emotionally, financially drained, exhausted, raw, and we don't know how to pick the pieces back up. There's no pausing. There's no stopping. I can remember many, many days I wouldn't even stop to eat. I had so much work and I realized that this is because I was insecure. The uh, underlining issue for me is what drove things. I felt like if I wasn't going to do it, if I wasn't the person to take the job or take the project, that someone else would come and do it. And it's not like I didn't want other people to have those opportunities. But for me, I wrapped up the whole essence of who I was as an individual in to what I was doing and creating. And so I needed to feel like this validation was being met. So I did all of the things. I believe part of the reason why so many creatives experience burnout is because when we really stop and look at it, the reason we're creating or how we're going about sharing this creative expression is in some form or another not in alignment with who we are or not in alignment with our truest sense of self. Like for me, that example would be the insecurity that was underneath it. When we are creating for these wrong reasons, there tends to be more, <laughs> more circumstances that arises where the universe is sort of calling our attention to double check this. And if we continue to ignore the signs and we don't address them, this ultimately comes to the point where the universe intervenes in some form of, or another that finally says it's time to stop. You can't do this anymore. You must address this issue. For me, it's silly, but for me, this was in the form of a bridal bouquet. I had worked 10 years in the wedding industry with no complaints and most people expressing that I exceeded their expectations, which is because I tried so hard and went above and beyond due to my insecurity. But there was a circumstance in which I had a bride who didn't like her bridal bouquet. And as 
silly as that sounds to say my whole career crashed because of it, my whole career crashed because of it. My sense of identity and self, all of a sudden that imposter syndrome reared its ugly head and I felt like a failure in the deepest way possible. And this was that pivotal moment in which I was forced to confront all of these feelings. I knew that day when I was working the wedding, I knew that it was petty for me to unravel years of successful business and happy clients based on one person's opinion on a piece, but it was what happened. And after that, I kind of went into hiding. I was afraid to show my face, to show my work, to talk about or promote myself marketing-wise. Everything sort of just came to a halt for me. It was around this time also that I started experiencing oh terrible pains in my hands because of the constant work that just didn't seem to stop. And I didn't care for my body. I wouldn't eat. I At one point, I was surviving off of McDonald's sweet tea. At another point, I ended up doing this crash diet where I was only eating like a 1,000 calories a day while still working the way I was. I started losing all of my hair. There were all these ways in which I just wasn't caring for myself. And it got to the point where my hands, I couldn't hardly tolerate the pain. At night, I was going numb, really bad, painful numbness that prevented me from sleeping. I ended up going to the doctor and they basically were telling me I probably wasn't going to be able to continue my career and that this might not be something I can continue on with. And that added to this moment where I just was really digesting and reconsidering where I was at that point. So that was my way of the universe kind of finally stopping me and forcing me to get real with myself. So I believe so many of us experience burnouts as creatives, and this can come from a number of different reasons. And it's unique to each individual and each individual's journey. And this is a point where I feel like if you have come to this moment, it is a pivotal moment. It's important. And I think that it's a call to action, not action how you've been doing it, but call to action to look inward and for self-reflection of how you can shift and change some of this. For me and my journey, it didn't matter what I did professionally, what I did according to business standards. It wasn't until I addressed the insecurity, the constant seeking for validation, and the feeling unworthy that I was able to realize the toxic shadow traits beneath the creative expression that were causing these problems. I realized that this wasn't how things were intended to be. And there was a need to shift my perspective. So how do you do that? If you're someone listening to this and you know, you're asking yourself, okay, I'm listening to this and yeah, 
you've actually said a lot of things that I can relate to. My story is not like yours, but there are some topics that I can really identify with. So what do I do? How do how do I shift this? How do I change my perspective? The first thing I would say, especially if you are at that pivotal point of burnout, would be to reconnect with yourself by looking into your why. Why are you creating? Why are you doing what you're doing? I feel like when we ask ourselves this question, we can start to get in touch with what the fuel is behind our desire to create. So I'll give you an example. For me, close to the end of this crazy ride I had in my profession as a wedding professional, I was confronted with this question of why. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And this was something I was surprised. It caused a very emotional response for me, which didn't make sense at the time. And I was kind of frustrated. I was frustrated with someone asking me why. I felt like, why is that important? Why is that relevant? And what I found was this was the first time that I really started to connect with why I was wanting to create. And looking back, it was also the first sign that if I was capable of understanding at the time, I would have realized that this was connected to that deeper wounded childhood circumstance for me, but I I wasn't capable of seeing it at the time. And that's okay because what I did realize, it helped me a lot in understanding why I was doing what I was doing. And at the time this meant, I was just able to better brand myself. And what I realized for me is I started to explore different words that I associated with my business and what felt important to me. So if this is an activity you want to try, grab a pen and paper. And I would say, start writing words, just words. They don't have to make sense. You know, just allow whatever is coming to come through you and start writing words that you feel are connected to you as an individual or your expression and to your business. And so for me, this experiment, I ended up realizing certain words were important, such as intentional and memorable. And nostalgic was a word that was important. And nature, natural, these were some of the words that seemed to come up often. Imperfection was another one. Heirlooms, And I began to realize what I wanted to do with the clients that I was working with is I wanted to add something of meaning, of value that created a long lasting nostalgic feeling that would resurface in reflection later on in life. So I recognized that 
I wanted to tie in the senses and more of a personal touch. I wanted people to feel connected to the flowers. That's why I never said, okay, I'm going to give you white roses. I was always specific in the flowers I picked up and told them what that flower was like, you know, explaining, oh, the O'Hara rose is so beautiful. It's this large bloom that has this sweet fragrance that's so soft and delicate. And I would want them to have a connection to what I was providing. I wanted them to feel emotionally wrapped up in what that experience was like. So I started to rebrand myself according to these things that I realized were important to me on why I wanted to create what I did. I wanted, I did what I did because I wanted to create a connection to a very important day, a wedding day for the client and give them ways to feel positive and loved in that moment that can later be reflected on and remembered and have meaning. Later on, after my spiritual awakening, looking at this again, I realized that there was an even deeper level yet that I didn't understand at the time. And this was as someone who was raised in a very dysfunctional environment, I don't have heirlooms. I don't have connections. I've been disowned by my family. There's no happy Thanksgivings or meaningful father-daughter dances or special moments that were left imprinted in my memories. They were stressful and toxic and dysfunctional and hurting. There was nothing positive about it. So looking back, I had this moment where I realized, wow, what my fuel was as a creative was to recreate and give to others what I felt like I never had and wouldn't be able to ever have. And this was my fuel. This is what I wanted to create in working with these clients. This was the creative expression that I was sharing. This was the healing I was feeling and the connection to something that was very painful in my life, something that was hurtful. And I wanted to give something more beautiful to others. And this is why I did what I did. This is why I wanted to create. So Realizing this had been very important in understanding how to rebalance my life. For me, after I experienced my awakening and I started to sit with some of these things, realizing the cause of the burnout, realizing why I was creating, realizing all the connections, understanding myself and my self-expression, seeing myself as a business, as someone sharing something that I was intended to share. These are all things that helped me shift my mindset and make important changes into my business that allowed me to finally, after so many years, achieve the balance that I wanted for about almost an entire wedding season. 
It was smooth sailing, which is saying a lot considering this was not long after COVID. So there was countless floral shortages and issues that were completely out of my control. Suppliers for containers and, oh gosh, I can remember one period of time. It was like, all of the supplies is that I depended on a day-to-day basis were just not available to the point where I had to redesign certain weddings of how things were done because the supplies just weren't there. So it was not lacking in stress in the sense of what would usually cause me stress in the past. If we consider that, it actually would have probably been the most stressful time if I experienced the stress that I would have ever had. But instead, something that should have been highly stressful, there was little to none and everything flowed well. I started to realize I actually didn't need to work as hard because when I was in alignment, I just naturally tapped in creatively with more ease and flow. And so I did some of my biggest weddings and, you know, had the most limitations, but yet everything just flowed and it was so magical. And there were times where I felt such a pride and joy in such a peace in where I was. And I just decided that I wanted to help others. And I've tried to connect with the creative community in different ways. And what I've found is while many will talk to me privately, there's overall a hesitation to be more open with some of these very real and raw emotions that many of us have challenges with. So I feel like I decided to disconnect and give myself the freedom to talk about these subjects openly and deliver them in a variety of different ways that people can digest them in a way that feels supportive for them. Thus, that is why I'm writing a book. That is why I'm doing this podcast. And if anyone wants to connect, I would love someday to see opportunities where I can host online events where we gather together and share some of the real stuff with one another. And I'm looking forward to that day where more people are willing to come out and talk about these things. If you know of someone who shares this same passion, please reach out. Let me know because I would love to connect with others that also share this passion with providing support to the creative industries and the small business creative entrepreneur and talks about these deep topics that are often spoken of so publicly. So if you know of somebody, hook me up. Let me know who they are because I believe community is important and I believe relating and talking about the things is how we help others 
grow and support one another because I want all of us to succeed. There's plenty of work out there for everyone. This is not something we should be competitive about or comparing ourselves to one another. Let's uplift one another, support one another, hold each other when they need to be held, cry with one another when they need to have a cry. But Let's heal these things and shift this energy because I believe that it is important for you to share your creative expression with the world. And I think that it's possible to have these successful, thriving businesses that don't feel so heavy, that don't feel so limiting and don't cause so much burnout and emotional exhaustion and physical exhaustion. And I think talking about these things and looking underneath the cause and motivation is a great start in unwinding some of these topics. So thank you so much for listening. I invite you to check out my website and connect with me. Like I said, there are many ways in which I hope to offer support and help to the community. So check me out. I'm going to leave a link in the description where if you want to sign up for my newsletter to keep in touch with offerings I have, whether it's free or creative classes or virtual events or local events for those that are in Central Florida, but connect with me. Community is important. And let's let's all grow and bloom and liberate ourselves in expression and experience the fulfillment and peace that we all are seeking. So have a lovely day and I can't wait to talk to you next time. Bye.